Hey, this is Pastor Justin Krupski with you all. I'm bringing it home. Uh, today we're having our special guest, Mr. Mark Freeman, uh, share with us some parenting wisdom once again. Mark has, has blessed me, not just as a, a pastor here at Trinity and encouraging me and, and being there for me and, and doing great work through the ministries of Trinity, but he's also been someone that I've gone to when it gets tough uh, raising four children. And Mark's children are older than mine. And so I do pray that as he talks about making priorities and spinning the plates of the chaos of parenting and what are those priorities, uh, that you will be blessed and that God's going to allow you to, to bring love and to bring Jesus into your homes even more so. So God bless and enjoy Mark's teaching. Welcome to Bring Me at Home. This is Mark Freeman, teacher here at Trinity Lutheran in Utica, Michigan. And I came across a YouTube video this past week. I was showing it to some of my students, and it was an old variety show. And there was a man, and his talent was that he would spin plates on the end of sticks. So he'd have a line of sticks up on the stage, and he would take a plate, and he would start spinning it, and it would spin on the stick. And then he'd pick up another plate, go to the next stick, start spinning a, a plate, and have it spin on that. And he would keep doing this to see how many plates he could get spinning. And invariably, as he was doing that, one of the plates would start wobbling, like it was slowing down, it was about to fall. So he'd have to run over to that plate, start spinning it, and get it spinning again so that it would stay up on the stick. And when he was working on that, another one would start wobbling, and it would just so on and so forth. It was almost turned into a comedy at that point. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, wow, that's how parenting feels to me sometimes. I have three kids, and it seems like if they were the plates that I get one spinning and everything seems to be going great and then get the second one spinning, they all seem to go great. Even get the third one sometimes getting this spinning and getting that going great. And then something else will come up and then I'll take my attention off the spinning plates, i.e. my kids, and one of them will start wobbling or two of them will start wobbling. Sometimes even three of them are wobbling. And I have to run back there and start giving them attention and start spinning them so that they won't fall. And it seems like if I put too much attention on one of them, that something happens with one of the other two, sometimes both the other two. And I can't take my attention off those plates or my kids or else they're going to wobble and invariably, like, like the variety show guy, uh, crash on the stage. So I don't want that to happen. So how do I keep the plates, how do we keep the plates spinning? The hard part about this is I don't want my kids to miss out on opportunities. You know, opportunities to have friends, to make a team, to become better at science to see that movie, basically to be all they could be in my mind. And that it becomes even harder when you factor in sports, which was a big thing in our family. Your family might be something different, but it was sports and ours. And it seemed like in sports that each coach wanted the kids' undivided attention on their sport. If it wasn't in season when you had games and practices, there was out of season with workouts, et cetera, or learning or film or something to show that you're committed to the team. Now, of course, all these things were quote-unquote optional activities, but the underlying tone was that you had to attend these. And each coach expected their sport, whatever that sport to be, to be number one in that kid's life, all under the guise of helping them become the best that they can be to make the next team, to make the varsity team, to go on to play in college, right? It just kind of would snowball, and you'd feel, at least we did, like obligated to do the next thing. Then you factor on top of that the expectation for our kids to be straight-A students, right? Because we, we want them to be all they can be. So how do we do that with them going to school, coming home, going to practice, trying to grab something to eat, 
trying to finish their homework maybe, usually doing their homework in the car on the way to practice, and then some homework on the way home, come home, grab something to eat, take a shower, stay up late trying to finish homework, go to bed, wake up early the next day to start the whole craziness again. And that's just one kid. Now multiply that by however many kids you have. In our case, it was three. And it just seemed like there was crashing sounds all around us. So what do you do to try to find balance and still have your kids experience all that you want them to experience? Because we're, we're parents and we want our kids to do that. Well, I have three tips for you that would hopefully help. My first tip, realize sometimes less is more. I can distinctly remember when my wife brought up this idea. I thought she was nuts. We had two kids in high school and one in middle school, and they each were playing sports. Your activity might be not sport, it might be science, Olympiad, might be chess club, might be robotics, might be whatever. And in the middle of sport, in that sports season that we were in, we would start getting messages about preseason workouts or whatever was going on for the next sport. So the next, whatever that sport was, the coach trying to get our attention to focus, to shift from whatever we're doing onto whatever their sport was. And we're sitting in the calendar, which we used to do every Sunday night, trying to map out, you know, you need to be here, I need to be here. Or, I don't know who's making dinner or how we're making all this work. And we're, so we're trying to make all that work. And my wife looks up and says, okay, from now on, only one extracurricular activity per kid at a time. I looked at her like, what a strange concept. And it seems very, very simple to say, but it's very, very challenging to actually pull that off. What it meant we had to do is we had to sit down with each one of the kids and prioritize the activities, what they enjoyed the most and what would fit into the schedule and what they could realistically get done. And it showed the kids that time is a precious commodity. Right, you only get this day once, and you got to make the best of it. It was, and it helped them to focus in on what was really important to them, especially as they're in high school. So to use my metaphor, the plates spinning thing, right? The less plates that you have spinning, the better your odds are of keeping all the plates spinning because you have less things that you need to keep focused on, right? So that was the first tip: is realize sometimes less is more. Second tip: have some non-negotiables. In our family, it was dinner. Four dinners per week as a family, no matter what. I know that sounds simple. It was not easy to get to. It took us, there was a transition period where we didn't start off with that, but it took us a while to get to that. But four dinners per week as a family. A lot of times, that meant we had to reschedule something or, heaven forbid, miss a practice or an event so we could all be at the dinner table at the same time. The other non-negotiable was time with God. In our family, during this time, it took many forms, some very traditional. We went to church, we did service projects together, things like that. And some were a little less traditional. And while we're clearing the yard on a Sunday or a Saturday, we would do a devotion time together. We would read a devotion um, on a break, and then we'd be talking throughout the yard while we're doing that. Like, what do you think about that? Or how does that apply to your life? Or things like that. But regardless of how we did it, Weekly time with God as a family was a non-negotiable for us. And I think it really showed our children how important it was to include God in your life and stay focused on it, even if you were really, really busy. For the plate spinning guy, if you want to go back to the metaphor, right, he had all those plates in a line that he was keeping spinning. And he would start off in the middle, and he would get one spinning, and he would go to the left, and then he would go to the right of the other one and, and so on and so forth until the line got longer and longer and longer. And the farther out he got from the center of the line, 
the more challenging it was to keep the plate spinning because he had to run farther and it, it just made it much more challenging. But the closer he was to the center, the more he was focused, it made his job that much easier to stay focused and keep all the plates spinning. My third tip is communicate, communicate, communicate. Really simple theory, kind of challenging to pull off in real life. This statement actually came out of my 17-year-old going on 18-year-old mouth the other day. Literally said, Mom and Dad, I want to thank you so much for making me talk and answer in more than one word answers to your questions. I thought, wow. It was just he had some experiences at school that he noticed that people weren't able to communicate on things they needed to do. He was on college visits and just the ability to be asked a question and be able to respond to that question um, with more than one word was, was a skill that he saw, wow, that is actually very important. So there are two traditions that we have as a family. Both started as dinner time activities but have morphed since two of my kids are away at college um, and one at home. So we've had to morph these, but they originally started at dinner time. And the first one is called best and worst. And that question is at the dinner table or wherever you happen to be, what was the best and worst part of your day? And again, you can't have one word answers. Everyone must participate and actually share something of significance or really answer the question. I can show you text from my kids on my phone where we'll just text out sometimes, best and worst, question mark. And it's very telling because usually the person that texts that out either has something really, really great to, to share or needs some support of the family, and that's why they're texting it out. It allowed us to learn more about them and about their day and what was important to them, but it also allowed them to see what was important to my wife and I and what burdens we are carrying or what things we are excited about. So it actually allowed us to be more personal to our kids too, and they got to learn more about us. I oldest son, he's in college, junior at college, and he had a big test on Monday. Monday afternoon, I just texted the word to him, best and worst, question mark. And that led into a conversation via text that lasted through the evening, just about little things about his day, what he was concerned about for the upcoming week, and how relieved he was of the test. But it started that conversation that I otherwise wouldn't have had with him, right? It's kind of like an icebreaker in a weird way now. And the other tradition that we started at the dinner table was a conversation, but now it's morphed into a group text. But we have a family text, and it keep, it's a group, and it keeps us united as a family and lets us share things that are exciting, things that are horrible, inside jokes you have as a family, things like that that we can just share with the group. And it's interesting that if you don't respond to the family group text, usually within a few hours, you get called out by somebody. Like, hey, you still alive? Hey, what are you going? You know, you awake? or something like that, it's, it's, it's a good positive reinforcement to say, hey, this is important and we need to participate together in this. So imagine in the metaphor that, of the plates, if the plates called out to you, if they said, hey, I'm wobbling over here, or hey, I'm not exactly sure, wouldn't that be make the job of the plate spinning guy a lot easier? Well, you can have that, it's never gonna be perfect, but you can have that with your kids if you start modeling for them how to communicate. And if you really listen to them, they'll tell you, hey, I'm wobbling. So, those are my three tips. One was realize sometimes less is more. The second is have non-negotiables as a family. And the third tip was communicate, communicate, communicate. If we could pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for this awesome responsibility of being a parent. Lord, sometimes we feel like we're spinning plates and it's challenging and they're wobbling and we're trying not to let them crash. Lord, 
help us to realize that all we can do is the best we can do and that you're there to help us pick up the pieces and to start anew and that you love us and that if we share that love with our kids, all everything works out. In your name we pray. Amen.